This episode of The Tiger Pit is brought to you by Athlon Rub. Athlon Rub is the next generation in performance and recovery for all sports. It is a new approach on the traditional Thai oil formula, founded on the time-tested formula and enhanced through proven ingredients. Made in an FDA and ISO certified lab in the USA, certified and continually tested by Informed Choice to be free of banned substances, PEDs, and cross-contamination. You can go to athlonrub.com and take a look at all the products they have available, read testimonials from users, and see what everybody else is saying. And when you got some things in your cart, get an additional 10% off when you use the promo code the tiger pit that's athlonrub.com and promo code the tiger pit for an additional 10 percent off all the cool stuff you're gonna buy we are also brought to you by knock my legends knock my legends celebrates the heroes legends and icons of muay thai and kickboxing their mission is to create art in the form of apparel that honors each fighter's contribution to the sport and the art we love they also have a great selection of shirts gear and accessories that highlight the greats from the sport from the past up until today you can go to knockmylegends.com that's n-a-k-m-u-a-y legends.com as well as facebook and instagram and check out what they have and when you're ready to buy something you're at checkout enter the promo code the tiger pit for an additional 10 percent off your purchase again that's knockmylegends.com n-a-k-m-u-a-y legends.com or knockmylegends on facebook and instagram episode also brought to you by Diplomatico Rum. Diplomatico is distributed in over 80 countries around the world. It holds the Ron de Venezuela DOC and is recognized as one of the world's finest rums. They have three different ranges for your tastes, traditional, prestige, and the distillery collection. You can find them online at rondiplomatico.com. That's Ron, R-O-N, which means rum in Spanish. Anyways, it's rondiplomatico.com learn more about who they are and find out some history behind one of the world's greatest rums. We are also brought to you by Unplugged Essentials. Hemp is at the core of their innovation. However, not all hemp is created equal. Instead of using either isolated CBD or cannabis oil, which are the most popular cannabis-derived products on the market right now, they have infused their soaks with a water-soluble, hemp-derived, phytocannabinoid-rich powder. This way, they make sure that all their products take advantage of the several hundred bioactive components present in hemp. They also make no compromise in quality to ensure each batch is lab-tested and 100% THC free. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook or go to unpluggedfloatessentials.com and get yours today. And you can use the promo code THETIGERPIT at checkout for an additional 10% off your order. That's Unplugged Essentials on Instagram and Facebook and unpluggedfloatessentials.com online. And like I said... Use the promo code the Tiger Pit for 10% off your order. All right, and this is for our New York friends and listeners here. Um, we are also brought to you by the Stepping Razor Barbershop at 952 Flushing Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. The Stepping Razor leans into the realm of the classic 1940s American barbershop. They specialize in American classic traditional haircuts and shaves, but are versatile and can do much, much more. You can check them out on Instagram at the Stepping Razor Barbershop or go to thesteppingrazor.com to book your appointment and get yourself looking good and feeling good. And lastly, 
We are brought to you by The Dojo NYC at 1082 Cypress Avenue in Ridgewood. The Dojo NYC is a fully equipped martial arts training center specializing in Cobrinha Jiu-Jitsu, traditional Muay Thai, and MMA. Whether you want to go and just get a good workout or compete at a high level, it's a great place to train. You can also go to the dojonyc.com and check out their classes, instructors, programs, and even sign up for a free trial class, which hopefully after you do that, you'll sign up for more and keep going and get better at jujitsu, Muay Thai, whatever it is you're going for. That's the dojonyc.com online and the dojonyc on Instagram. on this episode is the founder of Cape Verdean Beautiful People. It's an organization of Cape Verdean individuals from around the world. He has united their talents, minds, and creativity together to create a place in the Cape Verdean community. He makes regular visits back to Cape Verde and is also looking for ways to connect and help those people who need it. He sat down with us on a video call to tell us about some of the great things he's doing and some of his future plans. So, without further ado, would you please welcome to the Tiger Pit, Mr. Patrick Rodriguez. On the next episode of Adventures in Animals. It's a Kavarian and a Polish guy. Okay, we'll start the podcast right here. It's 9 o'clock. It's dark enough. I'm putting on my ninja suit. That's the part, right? You gotta get into your head. Now you're struggling with your words. Check the Yelp reviews. I'm sure they have like four. It's amazing. I was trying to get that out, and I had a hard time struggling in my head. They just see something they don't recognize me. Check out immediately. I had a point. I had a point. Coming to the stage. I've heard this many times from different sources. You didn't even know me when I was hanging out there. That sounds like such a burnout thing to do. Tiger Pit. Yeah, man. So, Caverian Beautiful People. Yes, sir. Tell me how you started Caverian Beautiful People. Give us a synopsis of uh, the beginning of that. Yeah, so let's start from Caverian. I want to hear about that. Absolutely. Good question. Shout out to all the people from New York that are listening. I got mad love for New York. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city with beautiful people. So I started um, Cape Verde and Beautiful People in 2014. Uh, what motivated mm-hmm. me or inspired me to do it is actually I lost two brothers um, that passed away. That was, you know, and then um, dealing with just with the death and grieving with that. I always wanted to do something um, in memory of their name and also do something for the culture that brings people together. What I noticed about mm-hmm. at the time when I created it, what I noticed about our culture, Daniel, the Cape Verdean culture, like. It's all mm-hmm. segregated and separated. So the Cape Verdeans in Europe show with Cape Verdeans in Europe, Cape Verdeans in Boston show with Cape Verdeans mm-hmm. in Boston, Brockton is Brockton. And then if you were Cape Verdean mm-hmm. and you were born here, and as opposed to Cape Verdean born there, there was a disconnect, you know. Um, yeah. So I've seen a lot of disconnect in the community, but at the end of the day, I feel like, look, we're all beautiful people. You know, we're all one of the mm-hmm. same, you know. So I wanted to create or introduce something that, you know, and, and mm-hmm. provide content that was going to show people that, look, man, like, we're beautiful when we unite. We're more powerful when we unite. You know, we could, you know, make the culture look better or put the culture on the map, you know, which is like every Cape Verdean's um, dire need or their goal to, you know, because we're such a small country. We're not known like that. 
So I figured, you know, let yeah, me come tiny. up with a, yeah, it's very tiny, just 10 small islands. So uh, I figured, let me develop an idea or a concept that's literally going to unite Cape Verdeans all around the world. And now it, it didn't unite just Cape Verdeans all around the world. It united just everybody. Because yeah. now it's, it's not definitely not just a Cape Verdean platform no more. In fact, we got over 100 team members. And it's not the team members are not just Cape Verdeans um, at all. So I invite. Oh, no. Okay. So it's OK. So it's different people there, too. Yeah, different, just- different. Exactly. Yeah, there's different people that I've either love for the K Verdon culture or never heard about it, but at the end of the day, it is a media platform. It's a big media you platform. Learn about it. You get to learn about it as you go, and they love it, right? So I have this a great friend of mine who's a youth pastor here in Texas, and he jumped on mm-hmm. it, not knowing nothing about K Verdians, but then he got to mm-hmm. learn about Kachupa, how to speak the language, <laughs> you know, and then uh, everybody loves the Kachupa. Matter of fact, I'm hungry. Who doesn't like Kachupa, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite way? Exactly. Right? That fugado with the eggs on there in the morning. Come on, somebody. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, um, but yes, yeah, so it was fascinating. I loved it too. I loved it when I seen this kid uh, just go on the platform not knowing how to speak Creole or nothing. And people like, yo, are you even Cape Verdean? What you doing there? I love how he handled his mm-hmm. own. And he's a very inspiring, uh, mo- a motivational guy. And he grew with the platform. He's been on for three, four years. Nice. He was able to grow himself and his ministry and everything that he does. And I invite that to everybody, right? So we have every ethnicity on the page, which I love it. I mean, all the other ethnicities embrace Cape Verde. So I feel like why not Cape Verde embrace? other ethnicities right so um but yeah 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 definitely the motivation uh to going back to that that root question or definitely the motivation was to um unite Verdians, you know inspired by my brothers that to, to make a difference unite Verdians and, and make a huge stamp in this world you know what i'm saying for sure yeah i love that man i love that it seems like people have definitely been responding very well to it yes you know yeah like people like i know every Verdian person that i know that's young especially that's like connected on social media whatever everybody knows about it yeah you know that's a that's a positive you can you know you're, you're definitely making waves um yeah I'm so humbled I mean, by that too it's dope man you're yeah, doing yeah. some good work appreciate good it it works i love all the charity stuff now did when it started because i i only came into finding out about it like a couple years ago and you already started mm. to do charity stuff is that yeah. how it started in the beginning Nah, not at all. You know what I'm saying? To be honest, it was just a media platform where we would just put out content, create comedy content, positive, the connection, you know what I'm saying? Posting whatever the hottest thing is, the k wise on the market on YouTube, we'll just, you know, share it. It was a sharing media platform. It had nothing to do uh, how it is now, how it evolved and how it grew, the spiritual aspect of it, and also the the charity work. It's crazy, but and one... um newspaper company quoted it like this and it was so right it was like patrick is now doing the real work he started off just doing this for fun media stuff likes the views it was amazing we was already going viral way before the charity work it was already like a well-known household name in the k-rated market cvbp but i feel like when i went to k-rated in 2019 that's when the, mm-hmm. the charity work started um oh, it started so off with, to- yeah it, this whole charity work is new it's all new. It's obviously it's gone viral. It's gone. Everybody loves what we're doing. Um, it's been received well by day one fans, which is really important because I don't want to get too, you know, away from um, 
you know, my our day one fans, which is uh, our foundation of the success of CBBP. Mm-hmm. But everybody loves what we're doing. So that's amazing. And of course, changing a lot of lives at the same time. Yeah. We've helped thousands yeah, of awesome. thousands of people. That's dope. Now, would you mind speaking a little bit about the charity stuff that you're doing with, with the organization? Yeah, the amazing thing about it, it started off with a lady, with an old elderly lady. Um, she's 77 years old, um, named ZZ. I went to Cape Verde just like everybody from America that travels to foreign countries. We go out there to party, chill, have a good time, reconnect with our roots, if you will. So I went there for the same exact reason everybody else went. I had no idea um, what God had planned for me. I always tell people, like, I had my plan, what I was going to do. God had his plan, what he wanted me to do. But I went out there with my plan. I had a brother living out there. I got a media company. I had everything set up to do uh, media stuff, interviews, celebrities, all that. But uh, it was like my second or third day in Cape Verde, this elderly lady, 77 years old, came up to me and she was uh, asking me if I knew anybody in New Bedford or if I lived in New Bedford. She has two brothers in New Bedford that abandoned her about 20 years ago, left Cape mm-hmm. Verde and just never went back for her. They never called her, never checked in on her. And she was there by herself. She only had one son. The son committed suicide and left no grandkids. Oh. And um, she was pretty much... Um, poor, depressed. She was stressed out. She would go to sleep pretty much um, crying every single day. So she was living what she felt like was the worst part of her life. No family, no brother. So she asked me for a huge favor. And I was really feeling her story. And she's like, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you, at the very least, I don't want your money. She didn't ask me for money. She said, can you just go to New Bedford and give my brother these messages? And that's New Bedford, Massachusetts. And then I was like, look, I'm not able to go to New Bedford, Massachusetts. You know, I don't have no plans to, but I got this phone right here and I could go live on CBBP and you could tell them. And then that's what I did. As soon as I hit that live button, she told her story. I didn't even even at that time, I didn't think too much of it. I was just like, man, I hope I, you know, I did good by this lady. And I still gave her some money, you know, to help her out. And that was it. And then literally I went about my business like it was just a regular day. And then the next day I woke up, the video went viral, super viral. Wow. Uh, there was uh, musicians in America in Brockton that came together. They did a huge show for her. And um, a lot of people mm-hmm. was asking, hey, how can we help? How can we help? I've never created a GoFundMe page. I never did any work like this before. So um, everything yeah. just kind of like, you know, started uh, spinning off, especially after the video went viral. I was like, you know what? Let me create a GoFundMe page. At first it started just to help her. But a lot of money started coming in to the point we was able to help her. And some who was able to help other people in the community. And I figured if I can help her, who else? Well, there's if there's another ZZ out there, are there other people out there struggling that need help? So literally I was just I'm walking walking. There's a lot. And there's a lot, right? There's, there's a, a lot. There's man. a lot. Healthcare, there's a lot over there, man. Yes. A lot of people need help over there. Absolutely. You know, but as it's real there, man. Oh, yeah. So then when I ended up finding out was like there's a lot of kids there without shoes, without toys, you know what I'm saying, without school supplies. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. still living in Cave until this day in 2020 without electricity, without, you know, Mm -hmm. lights in their home, without running water, without Mm -hmm. basic human needs. So after I'm doing this work a little bit, I became this activist for the poor because a part of me started getting a little upset because I'm like, wow, I'm in America. I live in America. I was born and raised here. I'm a first American generation. And I see what we 
got over here, right? You know what I mean? We're not yeah, the man. richest, but God dog it, we got a shoe. We got school supplies. You know, we're gonna have we got everything we, we do, you know, and we got a couple of toys and we, you know, we we got everything we need and some, right? So I, I figured and I got real rebel, like real like a rebel, because I'm like, man, if we could just put our money together our resource together in America and just send it to Cape Verde and help our people out, then that it could be done and it'll make a huge difference. And we don't have to yeah. wait on the government officials to do it, that we, the people have the power within us. We have enough financial power with Cape Verdeans all around the world to whatever, put a dollar, $5 and contribute what we can. And we can make a huge difference yeah. in Cape Verde. And there's people that desperately need it, that desperately yeah, need man, that help. Totally. I remember few years ago, last time I was there with my kids, they, we went to my great aunt's house and my kids were like, mm-hmm. whoa, because her floors were dirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was straight up like dirt floor. You know, houses like that. There, You know what I'm saying? It was yeah, exactly, dirt floors. Yeah. They, were like, they were like, like what? Yeah. Wow. Like, you know, this is how, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't wrap their heads around it. You know what I'm saying? Because they mm-hmm. never been inside of a house where the dirt inside is dirt. You know? Exactly. And it was like, I, you know, I told them, that's you see how good you have it, like you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, people, you know, but people live there check. like that. They're happy, you know that. You know, it's like yeah. it makes you. It's a total reality check. It makes you definitely, you know, reevaluate your stance on <laughs> on where you're at. You know, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely but, uh, a huge culture say, shock. Oh yeah, what I want to say is when you when you're doing all all this charity where of sending things over like that, that's kind of a cultural thing for us anyway, with like, yeah. you know, sending the drama, you know, all the drums and stuff mm-hmm. that we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you, you know, right. You, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the beat drama, you know, oh. what I'm saying? yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, my family have been doing that since I was a little, little kid, you know, every year fill stuff mm-hmm. up, send it over, blah, 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 blah. So you're kind of carrying a little bit on that tradition too, but just on a more wide scale type of thing, you know? I love that you brought that up, D. I never looked at it like that. I did so many interviews, nobody ever brought it up like that. And such a genius way to put it that it's our it's an inheritance, right? That our people really do, you know, we there's a lot of people, there's a lot of families, because I grew up just like you did as far as like my family saying, hey, all those leftover clothes or clothes that you um outgrown or whatever, we're going to send them to K-Vert. Yeah, so you're absolutely it. right. Yeah. We have it in our heart anyway. So I guess I just did that and, and magnified it or probably just put, yeah. shed light on the importance of continuing to do this and we all need to do this, and which is great. So I hope that my work and my legacy could stand for that maybe this new generation wave, um, I hope they carry this torch. They carry this in- inheritance of continuing to give back. You actually said it before I got to say it was, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like, those. you know, we grew up doing those type of things with yeah. the family sending those drums over. But that, with the younger generation, is getting lost and lost and lost. And mm-hmm. lost. It's, you know, they're just not doing that as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But having someone who's young, and putting that out there on social media and making it a thing in their face all the yeah. time. It's I think sparking interest for them to be involved and the younger people to be like, you know what? I might not have family there. I might not know anybody there. I'm third generation came right in here, but I want to help. Because, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if you're third generation, fourth generation, fifth generation, or first generation. Yeah. If you're Cape Verdean, there's no doubt that you love being Cape Verdean. Exactly. Right? Can you, can you that. That? I can attest can to that. I can attest to that. Well said. Right? Not Every that. Cape Verdean loves being Cape Verdean, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we love they it. Do. We will. They we do. will take any chance to tell people about it. We will tell, you know what I mean? Like, we, yeah. love, we love talking about it. We love eating it. We love just being it. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I like it. I like that somebody who's you know a younger person that's tech savvy on on social media doing his thing, and younger kids can be like, you know what, I can do this. Get involved with that and doing some charity yeah. work down the island. That's dope. That's yeah. Really dope. All anybody needs to see that. is one person doing it. You know. That's it, man. And yeah. It's a wave. You know. As you're saying that, you know, they, they see a kid kind of, they, they can um, identify with me. They can relate to me. Like, man, you know, he's young. He's out there. He's born in America, whatever. If he could do it, I could do it. I, so I grew up in Brockton, Mass, and I grew up in the streets. So I grew up in the hood. Like you said, a lot of Cape Verdeans, they pride themselves to being Cape Verdean. I've done seen pil- yeah, people kill just that whole Cape Verdean pride. And I grew up in the hood and I've seen a mm-hmm. lot of that. Cape Verde this, Cape Verde that, Cape Verde tat, Cape Verde shirts. So I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. if you love Cape Verde so much, you know what I'm saying? Because I see it a lot. <laughs> then do something. You know what I'm saying? Then yeah, do, do something about work. it. Then give back. Then do good work. Then let's help out the country. It's like we like the word, yeah. but we don't do nothing for the country. You know, and, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. I say that a lot. K for Pride, K for Pride. I see it. I hear you ever go. Mm-hmm. These festivals are crazy. And Boston, oh, yeah, Festival, Brockton. Those it's crazy. Shows, Everybody gone. shows up. Everybody shows up. Yeah, they I'm show up. Him. Oh, you know yeah. what we it see, is. We, seen you. we actually saw you last summer. In yeah. uh, Rhode Island. I did you all did, of them. Right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Humbly speaking, stage, I did it. That's, that's, much, that's yeah. amazing. So, yes, yeah, so there. Yeah, that's we that's there. dope. <laughs> I, was in the, I was with the family and looking back in the cut. I love when, like, things like that work out. But, yeah, I'm a firm believer, though, if you, you know, you got that K-Verdian pride. Look, if you got Puerto Rican pride, whatever, Italian, Irish, whatever pride it is, don't forget the actual country and the people that actually live there. To me, what, what you know, I love, I want somebody to ask me this question. What does it mean to be a real K-Verdian to you? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does it mean to be to me? It means to give back. You know what I'm saying? To help out the country. It doesn't mean getting a tattoo calling it a day and, hey, I'm real, or just beating my chest or being, you know, thug life all day out here in the streets. Nah, it means doing something. I've seen some videos that you've done on YouTube and you say, like, uh, you've asked that question. What does it mean to be a K-Verdian to you? Or, yeah. or what do you say when somebody asks you, what is a oh, K-Verdian? Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you, I saw that one the other yeah. day. You, you say, uh, I'm from West Africa. Yeah. Or you leave the West Africa part and just say, I'm oh, from my these God. 10 yeah. Archipelago of ten islands, yeah. or do you just say uh, I was a? Uh, I'm from an African uh, nation that was colonized by the Portuguese. Yeah. All of those things are correct answers, but that shows yeah. you how how complicated the um, yeah. the identity of a Cambodian person is. Those are questions I've dealt with all my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I bet. like even here, because because I'm light skinned and because I look Puerto Rican, I don't even look Cape Verde, yeah. I look Puerto Rican. I go to Cape Verde, motherfuckers, don't even believe that I'm Cape Verde until I talk. So you open your mouth, <laughs> oh, shit, he one of us. Bab is fine, Bab, I'm fine. And all the other islands, yo, forget it. They're like, what, Cape Verde? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You gotta, like, literally convince them. As soon as I speak real there, it's a rap. But then living in New York City, I had to deal with that there because people are like, what is that? You know, what yeah. is Cape Verde? You know, because that's a big thing for us. Like, we always want to tell people, like, yeah, I'm Cape Verde, man. This yeah. is what I am. It's a very important part of your identity. Yeah. You know, but there are people like, well, yeah, I feel like I've schooled so many people yeah. on our culture. Man. Like, my friends are the best because my friends love it. They have all learned about the Cape Verde culture through me and helped me create, like, a bubble living in New mm-hmm. York that I, I created my own bubble of friends that knew what it was. We would go by your house. You'd be like, oh, yeah, this is Ferro Gaita on the system. Or, oh, this is like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I would like, teach them real music. Like, all my people that yeah. play music, they all know about K-Varian music. Like, Bill yeah. knows a lot about K-Varian music. This dude, this dude is an honorary wow. CV, man. He's an honorary Creole, man. But I look Puerto Rican. 
I love it. He said, but I like Puerto Rican. <laughs> Billy's, Billy's nickname good. is Chico Brown. Billy. I like it. <laughs> Chico Brown is in the building. What's up? <laughs> well, I know, like I that. Mean, for the most part, we were like, just keep pouring the grog and keep these music on and I'll do whatever you want, man. Yeah. <laughs> just keep it going. Just another, keep it going. Another shot of grog already, please. Oh. I love this Venezuelan music. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> I love your culture. Can you pass some grog, please? Okay. For real. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. And yeah, Billy's man. definitely. So, Billy is definitely honorary k Verdian um in my book man that's amazing just hearing him saying ferrugato you guys up there in new york and danny i gotta say that you are the true definition of why i created k Verdian beautiful people you are k Verdian beautiful people in fact when i first started i used to always tag um i am k Verdian beautiful people then i would put like your name where you're from and i would do this to mm. thousands of k Verdians all around the world the reason why i'm stressing that and i'm pointing that out with you danny because you tell people who you are, where you're from. You're not afraid yeah. um, to, to educate people every chance and every opportunity you can because we're not mm -hmm. that known. And here's probably why we're not that known. It all started in New York for me. When I found out that in New York that there are K. Verdon's there, but you'll never know. So I asked the guy, I'm like, what are mm -hmm. you talking about? He said, well, for the most part, they're going to either get categorized black or, or Portuguese. Black, and yeah. sometimes they don't even mm -hmm. say they won't even say that they're K-Verdian yeah. because why? You got to explain it 50,000 times. It got, because, and it's a complicated identity. And it's a complicated identity. Oh, yo, where you from, man? You ain't Puerto Rico. Yo, I am the West Coast. I, Africa, K-Verdian. Yeah. And, so and how's that look? Yeah, yeah exactly. When people look at if I say, oh, I'm, I'm from West Africa, you know how many times people go, like, what? For real? Yeah. and Like, like where? Like Morocco? And I'm like, no. No, like <laughs> oh, oh, Senegal. And then West like, side. wait, wait, oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, so like black, they're like black, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you don't look black, and I'm like, yeah. well, yeah, it depends on who you ask it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and, I, and I've gotten a lot of the, you know a lot of that too. You know, within our own culture, we're dealing kind of sort of what I call the identity crisis. So just imagine trying to, you know, explain it to someone. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, like I said in that video, Danny, it, it is easy to explain, you know, and that's why I was picking people's brain. How do you explain it? Mm -hmm. And I was sh uh, sharing there's different ways uh, to do it. But the important thing is to acknowledge it. <laughs> Danny, how you get that shirt? This oh man, I've had this shirt probably since about eighteen years old. I could tell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it looks nice. <laughs> I had this shirt since I was about eighteen, man. That's dope. <laughs> it's crazy you brought that yeah. shirt on the show because I just got um a K Verdian mask, but of the old flag too. I like the old flag, man. Yeah. I mean, the old flag means I a do lot. The old, I got the old. I got the old flag hanging in my house. I got the old flag hanging in my garage. I'm an Independence flag TV. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of people like the new one. And the new one, you kind of have to rep it now. It's, yeah. Now you kind of yeah. have to do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it looks so European. It really too. is. It really, really yeah. is. That was the whole point of it. It looks actually... It was the whole point. Yeah, there's, there's, it was a, one of the European countries, I forgot what it is. It's almost, it's all blue with the yellow stars or whatever. Um, yep. It's it's yep. literally yep. copycat and them. And plus, from what I found yeah. out, that new flag was like, um, they're, they're not good as far as the people that implemented that new flag. You know, when you, when you repped out old flag, yep. you're kind of repping the Milka Cabral, the revolutionary yes, and exactly. all that. PIA, PIA, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Partido Africano Guinea Cabrera, man. 
Man, look at you, man. You ain't playing with him. Danny, you tell me that. <laughs> what do you yeah. know? Let's turn this, <laughs> let's turn this interview around. What do you know, you know brother? What do you no, know? No, I do know, man. This is, my, this is my stuff, man. When's the last time you went to Cape Verde? Four years ago. Oh, shoot. That was kind of soon. I talked to people. They'd be yeah, like 10 years, years, 20 years ago. No, no, four, no, years. four years ago. I'm going to go this, this summer. I'm going back. This, <clears> sometime nice. between July and October. This year, I'm gonna go back. We were supposed to go. Yeah, we last were supposed summer. to go. Yeah, Bill oh, Billy, come with Billy me. going with you too. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We want to go. We want to actually go there and try to play some music, man. That's really yeah. the ticket. That's you know, the problem with playing Cabo Verde is that you have to fund your way there, and then hope that yeah. you get gigs there to kind of reimburse yourself. You know what I mean? It's kind of show up and then just do the work while that's you're there. That's what I hear from everybody. They're like, "Yo, don't wait to try to book something that's gonna pay your thing." You have to just buy yourself your ticket, get there, fund yourself there, and then go there and work. You know what I mean? And I get it. I get it. But it's nerve-wracking. Well, you have to do that in the <laughs> beginning, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. When was the last time you was in Cabo Verde? I just got back of October of 2019. I was there for about four months. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. the extraordinary That's, thing. Yeah. The extraordinary thing I did when I first went there was for three weeks. It was supposed to be f- just for vacation. It turned into uh, the movement of, of helping, a charitable movement of helping the community there in Cape Verde. When I came mm-hmm. back to America, I was such, uh, I experienced so much culture shock and I've seen so much need that needs to happen in Cape Verde. So I devoted my entire life to uh, helping the people in Cape Verde. And what I mean by saying that, I came back, I had a nice paid off Nissan Maxima, so it had a nice condo got rid of it uh furniture got rid of every single thing that i owned got me a ticket and i went back to pretty much live in cave earth for four months you know so i'm really dedicated to our people on on that level how did you navigate it there like when you went back did you have a plan in place did you do you have uh, people to stay with? How did you do this? How did so you, I do have a brother. Curious. So the first time, that's a really good question because um, I don't know my way around the islands. I was born here. You know, I, I went there pretty much by myself. First generation? Here? First generation. You know, so my mom and Your dad. Parents. Yeah, my mom and dad was born. They're both from? Fogo and Brava. Fogo yeah, Brava, so yeah. Fogo and Brava, dad Fogo, mom Brava. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I didn't really know my way around. Didn't really know that much people except my brother. So the first time I stayed with my brother, second time, pretty much dad as well. I, my brother, my grandmother has a house there. My brother, you know, he's mm-hmm. a teacher or whatnot. He knows a couple of people. So, but other than my mm-hmm. brother, I mean, I have distant relatives. And when I say distant, I'm not close. To, obviously, I wasn't raised with them or whatever. So it is first cousins. I just wasn't raised with them. Um, but other than that, man, you could really say, Danny, I was out there by myself. And as far as like, wow. where did you stay? Where did you go? So I would go uh, stay at a couple of hotels in certain villages and areas. Um, I would have like aunties or whatever from my dad's side. I'd never met them, but obviously we blood, we family. They knew what I was yeah, doing, so they took me yeah. in. Brava, same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Brava was a mix of a family's house or for the most part, I stayed at a hotel uh, a residential de Gentu or something like that. But anyway, I stayed in, okay. I stayed in Brava as well. But, um, for the most part, as far as like planning, organizing, man, I'm, I'm I just let God lead me, bro. Everything worked just out. Just go called. I mean, it's the best organic job I've ever done in my life. Like, it was authentic. That's why a lot of the viewers, when I was in Cape Verde, they were like addicted to this, um, 
live broadcasts that I would do because you'll just never know. I would never know, which was exciting, you know. Uh, I just yeah, wake man. up and I would do my morning videos. Yo, look at me. I'm still in K-Red. I don't know. What the hell's going to happen today? But but just watch. <laughs> it, it does feel like yeah. that there, though, doesn't it? Yeah. It does feel like that there. It is yeah. kind of just go with it. No stress. Go with just it. Just roll with yeah. it. Yeah. No stress. Just That's our motto. It. No stress. Yeah. And literally, I would yeah, walk around. I would do something as simple as just walk around then, you know, I'll see someone catch my eye. I always would say, like, God puts people in front of me. Like, I, people always say, like, how do you know who to help and who not to help? And, you know, so yeah, yeah. I just feel like God, you know, is perfect timing. Like, you know, like we mentioned about timing earlier. We seen, well, we didn't see each other in Rhode Island, but we was at Rhode Island at the same time. But that wasn't the time, and mm-hmm. the timing is now. So I feel like if it was the right time and if they really needed help and God put them in front of me, and then, of course, I'll evaluate. I'll go to their house, evaluate the situation, evaluate the needs. And if there is a need there, then, you know, I'll do a video live broadcast. But for the most part, everything was authentic. Nothing was planned. Nothing was rehearsed. I've never did it before. I don't have experience. But that was my whole thing. I think that's how God wanted to use me to show people like this is just real, you know. It's authentic. I love that, man. You know, playing with the kids, hanging out with the children. I go to a village, you know, no plan. And and what I used to do, which was crazy, was, um, you know, we'll, we, we get all these donations and we'll buy a lot of school supplies. I'll go to a, a, what they call Zana, a certain village, and there was no yeah, plan, yeah. no flyers, no heads up, but you'll get like a a 15 minute heads up and I'll tell all the kids, like I'll tell a couple of kids from the village, go to every single house you can, tell everybody that my name is Patrick, I'm from America and I'm here to give them a lot of um, school supplies or, or soccer balls or whatever and all the oh. kids will go around and next thing you know there'll be like a hundred kids you know, within yeah. a matter of minutes and that's how we I would bet. do it, we would do it so or- organically and then one of the biggest things I did was actually in Brava, which uh, right in front mm. of the city hall, the villa or whatever but there's like a huge square that everybody hangs out. Nova exactly. So you actually need like yeah. a special permit and stuff if you want to do any big event or anything like that. And I remember somebody telling me that, but I was like, nah, you're going to see. And I basically shut the entire island down. I went around Vila telling everybody to tell everybody that, you know, I want to donate uh, school supplies and call all your friends and family. And literally almost over 200 kids showed up. And it was huge. It was like almost a big event. But think about it. There, uh, plaza. And uh, think about it. There's no uh, forewarning, not a day warning nothing to me i loved it like that if god wanted you to yeah. get blessed that day then you would have it it was meant to be that was it. you was there that you you, <laughs> you that was it. you were on the list you made it you made the cut Ooh, good thing you was home that, that day you know if you wasn't you, you didn't get you know you were sleeping you how didn't much, get it how much um how much time did you spend in brava in the island of brava for, the, for our listeners that don't know for what we're about, talking about uh, yeah. The island of Brava, yeah. also known as Jabrava yeah. to Cape Verdeans, but Brava is the island, the smallest island of Cape Verde Islands. How, how much time did you spend there? So in Brava, the first time I went there, I spent about a, two weeks there. The last time I went there, I spent about almost two months in Brava. Wow. So in Brava, I was actually, because it's the smallest island in Cape Verde, I was actually able to mm-hmm. go to almost every single village, every uh-huh. single villa. No, Senora di Monti, uh, Villa, uh, just Matu Grandi, literally almost every, I mean, we pretty Braga. much shut it down. Braga, exactly. So, oh man. That's where my family's from, from Braga. That is amazing. And Braga is only about like 10 houses. So I know your yeah, people small. for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh, an entire yeah, city man. building 10 houses, right? <laughs> yeah, my grandparents' house is still there, man. Still my yeah. family. We still have my grandparents' house there. A very rural, uh, rural part, too. I mean, just as far yeah. as poverty and stuff like that. So uh, we did stuff in Braga, but pretty much. And then I would even meet, like, volunteers as I go. I'll literally help someone. I'm like, yo, is your son available? Or just people that I see um, just hanging out or whatever. Hey, look, I'll, I'll give you a job for the day, buy them lunch or whatever, give them a few dollars. But um, but pretty much it was all organic and it was either by myself or team members that I would just recruit on the way. Is there um, is there any island that you haven't reached yet? Man, the, the goal is to definitely, not only just to hit them all, but hit every, so it's 10 islands, Billy, in Cape Verde, 10 different islands, well, mm-hmm. nine habited islands, one of them is inhabited, but um, but the goal yeah. is to go and reach, is to end poverty in Cape Verde in my lifetime, or, you know, hopefully I could pa- pass it to the new generation, um, but that is definitely the plan. So, and and Brava, I would I would definitely not say that I, I hit every single person. Yeah, there's still a lot. I hit a good majority of it. I would say the numbers are definitely in the thousands. No, I think Bill, I think Bill's question was which islands have you not gone to? Oh, okay, okay, right, Bill. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, what I thought you said, and I thought it was a crazy question. I thought he said, did you help every single poor person? I'm like, geez, golly, Billy. It's all 300 of them. Uh, all 300. Well, you, like, well, you said yeah. the town was only 10 houses. Yeah, exactly. He's like Santa Claus. He's exactly. like Santa Claus. Like Santa Claus. Exactly. No, <laughs> Patrick, did you go to everybody's room? Did you pop down everybody's chimney? Like, all 10 of them? <laughs> no. Ain't no chimney. I, I really, I really thought Billy said, "Did you help every single poor people?" I'm like, "Oh my god, no, I did not." Um, but um, so of the like of the yeah of the ten islands, um, yeah, which ones have you reached and helped people on? Fogo, I went to. I've been to Fogo. That's one island. Brava, another island, and I also been to Playa, which is the capital. So I'm seven. So I got seven more islands now. I, I'm planning to go back in January. So go to San Vicente, San Nicolau, and Mayu. I want to hit at least three new islands that I haven't been to yet. So, um, and then yeah. once I do that, then it's going back. So a lot of people actually, Billy, it's crazy because like for not being converted and asking that question, it's so accurate to ask that question because I actually deal with a lot of grief or whatever um, in my converted community because people from the other islands are like, yo, <laughs> what's up, you know? San Nicolau. Think about if you're in Mayu. Let's say you're in this one of the fourth or fifth islands I named, and I and you see me doing this in other other islands, and you 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 probably one of those that um you know supported the movement, loved the movement. You you know your comments and your sharing, you're reaching out, but I just haven't made it there yet. So a lot of times I respond to people like um it's going to be done. It's just not going to be done as fast as like we all like it to get done. But my plan is um the longevity, right? The longevity looking into the, mm-hmm. the future is that it is to go to every single Island. Um, yeah. And I, and I, like, I've made a commitment to that and there's nothing that's going to slow us down. We're definitely going to achieve that goal. It's just when I go to these, like when I went there for four months, I wanted to do all 10 islands on the, um, or all yeah. nine habitat islands in a four months. But what I found out, like when I went to Brava, I was there for like almost two months. So there you go. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Let, let yeah. me hear about yeah. that. Because you know, yeah. I've 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 been to most of the islands. I've, the only ones I have not been to is Mayu, Boa Vista, mm-hmm. and San Nicolau. That's the only ones mm-hmm. I've never been to. But when you tell me you went to Brava for two months, explain to I want to hear what was your what what was your daily like there because it is very slow there. Yeah, 
Very, very. So it's I definitely, one of the love. things I loved about Brava, has a lot of beautiful mountains and stuff I mean, like it's that. mystical. Yeah, they say that Brava has the most romantic views, almost like in the whole world. It's a mystical island. It's a very beautiful mystical island. It's magnificent. So when I was there, it was a mixture of work and a mixture of just spirituality. So I was doing a lot of meditation there as Fogu, fast-paced, Praia, fast-paced. So I'm just work, work. I hardly have time to really get some time to myself. So in Brava, I appreciated that island for having a slower tone, if you will. It was more chilled. laid back, more chilled. So it allowed me an opportunity to kind of work on myself as I'm giving sure. back to the community. So um, it was literally a mix of that. But for the most part, that was my daily life. I would get out of my hotel room. I used to walk around with this little cane or this little um, this stick that I kind of use as a cane. And brava. And brava. <laughs> and ja brava. And literally, I would just walk up the mountains, um, and there was this time I walked up a mountain, I seen like a cave or whatever, and I would just hang out in the cave. I'll be literally in the sky where like you're one with the clouds. The clouds are just coming right by me where you can reach out. It was the most beautiful feeling ever. You could reach out and touch the clouds. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, where I would close. go. You know, I'm not getting none of that feeling in America. I love America. I'm proud to be an American, but I'm not going to get that experience so um just that like i'm on top of the world you know i can connect yeah. on a higher conscience level so man i appreciate yeah. bravo for that for sure so, so if i wasn't meditating or, or, or praying or doing my nature walks or whatnot my spiritual walks i was helping people i want to ask your your opinion on this mm-hmm. uh since you spent that much time in bravo because of the history that bravo has with america a lot of people don't know that. I'm assuming you know. Yeah. Uh, Brava is basically the island of Cape Verde that is the most connected to America because of the whaling mm-hmm. industry. And is the only island in Cape Verde that the street signs are actually in English. Yeah. Like the stop signs. Are yeah, the top yeah, part. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like it's left over from the whaling industry of, of Americans going back there and back and forth and hiring crew members. And it's, Brava might as well be. Cape Cod. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's a good way to put it. Right? And like only in Brava does our style of speaking Creole, you mix English words in it. Yeah. We're the only island that does that. Yeah. There's no other island in Cape Verde that really, well, maybe now because of social media and and technology, people like say things and like music, they, they use English words. But for a long time, Brava was the only island that used English words mixed in with their Creole. Like you would say, like, like lock, lock the door. Like you, for a long yeah. time, everybody would say like "lokapar," Yeah, yeah, "lokapar." Yeah, it's not just because people moved here and we get this like mixed Creole. No, no, that's actually how they talk there. Like they would always mix. Yeah, there. like my grandparents were was talking like that. They didn't speak no English, but they did that shit because those mm-hmm. words were used there on the island there. Yeah, so they had all yeah. these like American English words mixed, and that's why I find that Brava is a very, very, very unique island of Cape Verde, and it pains me when I go there and I see how it's a time machine. Yeah, there's no industry at all. Yeah, nothing happened, and the people are beautiful. The people are amazing. That's the island of poets. Yes, the island is. of beautiful women and the island of more beautiful men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The island of beautiful women yeah. and island of more beautiful men. men. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, like the people are really amazing from their big hearts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People that did so much for industry in America at a time. But now it's been almost forgotten. Yeah, you're right. They relied on family of generations sending the drums. And now here we are in present day 
someone like you sending these same things and helping bring supplies and sparking the interest in the younger generation to do the same thing. So it's been, it seems like it's mm. almost been stuck. Brava's been stuck in the same position since it has been since the famine in the 40s. And it's still like that. As you know, I just got back from last year and it's still the same way as you explained it, Danny, nothing changed. You know, you reminded me when I would get all these kids, I would have like a summer style school program with them for about an hour or two. It wasn't always, it wasn't about just giving back. It's education, teaching them empowerment. I would give them motivational speeches. And then one of the things mm-hmm. I would do, and all this was broadcast live, I would tell them all to look at my camera on the phone and I would tell all the kids to yell this. Do not forget mm-hmm. about us. Yeah. And that was yeah. we was talking to the American community, the European community, because what I heard a lot when I was walking around Brava, our family forgot about us. Our family went to America. They said it was going to come back and help. They did it. Our family said they got too much bills in America. They caught up in the lifestyle. They didn't come back. So for the most part, it is forgotten. And and Brava, out of, out of any other islands, you're right, it's very unique in its uh, connection to America. And it's because a lot to do with the whaler ships or the ships in general um, that they would yeah. go and dock. And there was a good, even for whaling uh, back in the days, it was just a really hot zone to catch whales. And they would use yeah. a lot a of the yeah. help. They would use a lot of the help of, of, of the of the sailors who were like really, really great and masters, masters. Who knew what they were doing? And what they, who knew what they were doing? They lived right there on the island, and that's how a lot of people from Brava, very, very early on, had a, a huge head start and coming to America. In fact, whenever I meet second and third and fourth generation Cape Verdeans, they're always from Brava for the most part because Brava, you, I would say, are the originators. When it comes to Cape, this yeah. whole Cape Verde in America. To coming to America, yes. For coming if, to old, America. if your family has yeah. been in America for a long time and you're Cape Verde, you're a family from Brava. Very rare it's going to be <laughs> Fogu, San Nicolau, or any other island. Yeah, no, exactly. The Barnavento Islands, the Northern Islands, mm. you know, San mm-hmm. Nicolau, San Tantan, San Vicente, South, they mostly went to like Holland in the diaspora. Exactly. They did. Absolutely. In the Sotavent, Santiago. Pra, uh, Santiago, uh, Brava, Fogo, mm-hmm. they all went to Cape, uh, Cape Cod, uh, yeah, New England. Massachusetts, area. New England. Yeah. Pretty much New mm-hmm. England, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how your family ended up. That's exactly. how your family ended up in Brooklyn. That's how my family ended up in Taunton. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. crazy, oh, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that's where I was born, man. Taunton, man. Yeah, Taunton, man. What's, what's up? Taunton in the yeah, house, That's right. Man. That's, <laughs> that's right next door to you. Yeah, bro. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, City of Champions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you know Marvin Hagler, Rocky Marciano. Oh, awesome. come on, oh, yeah. man. What? Marvin Hagler's my boy. That's, that's my thing right there. That's my boy right there. Yeah. I love Marvin Hagler. I hope y'all City know these names. The, the Tiger Pit and all, you know. I hope y'all know these names. I was oh, seven yeah. years old when I watched Hagler fight Hearns. Yeah. Hagler, wow. Hagler, was, Hagler was revered as a king in my household growing up. You know? Hagler was the dude. Hagler was the dude. Do you find, like how you're talking about how, you know, people are coming to America, do you find any kind of like migration from island to island or do people just kind of stay where they're born and just go from there? Now, they definitely go to Island Island because of education, right? So if you're in Fogo and you want to go to college, there's only one college. 
And that's yeah. there in Praia, right? The capital. So, uh, which is sad, right? So let's say you got, and I got this a lot in Brava. So I'm in Brava and there's a girl like, oh, you know, I want to be a dentist and I'm going to go to school to be a dentist, but she's going to go to school on a different island, most likely Praia. And then when they go there and they get the education, just kind of like in America, how we do state to state, they'll stay there on that island yeah. where they got the education they don't go back, don't go back. Yeah. just okay. like we usually do right i went to florida for school i stayed in florida right so yes, it's kind of i went to school in new york yeah, I stayed you in new york. Same <laughs> look all three of us guilty guilty you know what I mean? so they do kind of the same thing you know but in there it's sad because i think me and you uh, Danny leaving Massachusetts. I think Massachusetts is going to be okay. You know, I think they're going to be fine. I think, so too. I think they're going to make it, <laughs> right? But, but when you're in Brava, <laughs> he said, "I think so too," right? But but <laughs> but in Brava, it's sad because you have all these young professionals that could stay in Brava, change yeah. Brava, yeah, change yeah. their community, use their skill set yeah. for their community, their village where they grew up. But there's no education there there's yeah, and then they, even if it's this education they can't go back to work do you know i don't know if you know but there's no dentist in brava at all there's no industry at all there's, there's nothing, nothing. There's, and they don't even have a hospital it's a glorified urgent daycares or whatever urgent yeah, care center. Exactly. yeah. it's not even i would not even, even say that <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know? I even say that. you get sick there yeah you get sick there yeah. you get hurt there yeah Oof. yeah no you better hope for the best. Nah, yeah, absolutely hope, right. Hope somebody, hope somebody can stitch you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you better YouTube it or Google how to stitch you up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've gotten sick and brava before, and it, and it was really, really scary. I went through it. I went to the hospital or whatever, the glorified urgent day, and they couldn't do anything. They have a little bit of medication, but literally, like, when I went there. Did you drink water? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's Actually, I was yeah. severely mm. stomach. So you knew right yeah. away, right? So I guess, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, uh, that happened to me in some Yeah, years. so I was out of commission. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't walk. I had severe stomach pain. And when I went to the yeah. hospital there, they didn't even examine me, really. They didn't even touch, like, my stomach or, or, or take um urine sample. Or they knew what it was, though. Yeah, they, they, they knew right, right, right away what it was. So Did they give, did they give you grog? Exactly. And it fixed I took a shot and I was like, whoa, this is it. <laughs> Gave me that punch. I was like, come on. I haven't had a dance a little bit. I was like, let's yeah. do, let me let me do a little punch side. I'm feeling real good. Man. You can't tell me, you can't tell me that when you were a kid, you didn't have a fever or nothing or a cough or something. Yeah. Your parents didn't give you a shot of grog. Oh, yeah, they did. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I, I okay. still do that till this day, especially like sore throat or anything like that. Thank you. Take a shot. <laughs> Booyah. Maybe that's why <laughs> they don't believe do in that. the maybe that's why they don't believe in the medical field. They're like, man, Grogu fix everything. Yeah, there's no hospital. Yeah, fixes everything, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they have no pharmacy. Instead of to, you know, go to Grogu. go to pharmacy, they say go to the liquor store, man. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> go to the bar. Yeah. For our listeners that don't know what we're talking about, Grogu mm. is the actual moonshine of Cabo Verde, which is yeah. basically a high, high, high proof rum. You yeah. know, it's funny is when you said uh, you were talking about the islands and you said San Antonio, I tasted that in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Most, <laughs> was, wow. There was a time where there was a time where all the Grogu from Cabo Verde mostly, unless it was homemade, was like coming from Santantan. But now there's actually a couple distilleries yeah. in different islands. Get it from different yeah, now it's changed. But before the original yeah. Santanton, and it's crazy, mm-hmm. Billy. Remember that? I was like, "Wow, that's dope." So he, he actually took a shot at it, and that's like the strongest. I had a bottle. Surprise! You're still. Yeah, oh, I'm surprised you're still alive to tell <laughs> to say the tale. You're still alive to tell the tale because uh, 
That's some strong stuff there. Nice. Well, what was it? It was a couple a couple months ago. We were on a Zoom call, and Stan was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do a shot of grog," and I was like, "Check this out!" And I came yeah, up. Yeah. I was like, "I still got uh-huh. this bottle." <laughs> I've been doing a few. I've, nice. I've been doing a few of them already. Yeah. Oh wow! Look at that. You guys ain't playing Passover this, this whole time, <laughs> man. This whole time. Oh, you guys are doing good. Take one for me, man. I've heard a lot of great things about Santa Town. Of course, having a platform like CBP, I come across beautiful pictures and videos mm-hmm. of the scenery. It looks amazing. Yeah. You know, I'm so blessed to, to be in this position. Now, I'm going to actually be traveling to all 10 islands. You know what, Danny? Once I finish all 10 islands, we're going to have another sit down or have another. Uh, yeah, know. yeah. Have another. Um, uh, I'll be on your show again. And then I'll tell you which one's my favorite after, you know, visiting all 10 for sure. You know. Maybe I'll come meet you. Yeah, that's what I was, I was thinking about. Yeah, I'll next come meet year. you there. We'll do some work together. Um, let me switch gears for a second. Mm-hmm. When you have been there, have you had a lot of experience with a lot of people that have been deported there and like their experiences there, like what it's been like for them? Like, because I know that that was a big thing. Like back in like probably like when like probably the nineties when they really started deport, deporting people there, we were hearing that it was very hard. You know, yeah. like, what are you going to do? Some some of these people have been, they came to America when they were like two. They don't, yeah. you know, they don't even, some of them didn't even really speak Creole they very good. Don't. And they were getting deported yeah. back to the islands. Yeah. And like, did you have any, any experience with like run-ins with people like that had that going on? One of the first persons that came to mind uh, from Brava, his name is John, forgot his last name. He was one of the very first ever Cape Verdeans to be deported there. He's been over there for over 23 years. Then, right? Huh? Yeah. He's got to be older. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, he's like in his 50s over now. So he was uh, yeah. he was deported about 23 years ago, a very, very long mm-hmm. time ago. And then, um, and he was telling me how life has been. And he actually lived on the streets. You know, one of the very few homeless people I've met. I think a lot of them do yeah, if they don't yeah. have family there. Because that's what happened to him. His mom, his dad, brothers, sisters, everybody was in America. Nobody was in, in Cape Verde. And, and he left when he was a kid. And he speaks perfect English, hardly speaks Creole. You know, obviously he learned. So, and there was a lot of stories, uh, just like, a, lo- a lot of stories just like that. And they, they would definitely come up to me. I was definitely helping them. I was putting them on a platform. I was raising donations for them. Some of them was even my friends, you know, that I knew uh, from here and yeah. well, from back home in Brockton. So I would definitely- Oh, you saw people that you oh, knew yeah. from, from- From literally, like I used to <laughs> run with in the streets, like, damn, you here, damn, you out here? You know, so this is like off camera, you know, we'll hang out. But, um, but other than that, yeah, there was a lot of, and then as far as- um. A big contribution I did for the deportees was I partnered up with a Cape Verdean deportees organization in Pride, which is a phenomenal organization. Okay. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but these men were very phenomenal. It was like two or three deportees that came together and they started mm-hmm. forming this group or committee where they do uh, trades, uh, workshops, teach people how to cut mm-hmm. hair, teach them how to work on cars, nice. to teach them so trades yeah. so they could go back into the learn work, a craft. learn a craft, or, you know, and then they also would raise money to to help deportees um, get established with an apartment or a home. And they would also try to push laws into legislation there in Cape Verde or, or push laws to help out deportees, like when they get there, to give them some type of financial assistance or yeah. housing instead of literally just throwing them out in the streets. Because the thing that came up a lot, and I'm so happy you mentioned it, Danny, is that a lot of these deportees, I have an interview 
in Praia on top of a beautiful rooftop in a in a hotel. And it was me and two of the these organizers. But one of the things that kept coming up a lot, which was a huge obstacle, is I said, Patrick, think about it. We leave here when we're kids, right? And I, I'm, I'm proud that I'm happy that you said it. We leave here two, three years old. We go to America. America's all we know. We're damn they're proud Americans. Like, you know, we made a, okay, we made a horrible mistake. But, you know, for us to come back here, we don't know the language. We don't have no family here. You know, there's a huge disconnect and we're pretty much they're stuck there. You know, and they were trying to yep. get like a cry out for help. Is there anybody that sees yep. us? We're human beings. You know, criminals are yeah, not yeah. no less human beings than we are. Hell no. Yeah. You know, think about it. We all, you know, nobody's clean. In this you just throw people clean. to the street. You yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah, but the way they get treated, they literally just get thrown out there to fend for themselves. And from what the yeah. deportees told me, if you're deported, you ain't getting no job. As opposed to somebody else that wasn't, as opposed to somebody else that wasn't deported. No, that person that wasn't deported, that been there all their life, they're going to get the job before you. That deported. It's a mark. That, on that mark, on, mark on your record. You know so it makes it yeah. hard. It makes it really, really hard yeah. for them. And, and I don't know if you remember, but back in back when they started really deporting people in the beginning, beginning, mm-hmm. a lot of people started find, they started finding them dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Killing them. Yeah. Like you were like, ah, we don't need you here. Like you know, because maybe they went there and like maybe trying to like mix it up a little yeah. bit over there and stay in the same ways. They would be found thrown over the cliff. Like, yeah. Not yeah. Much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Villages like nah, you're not gonna come here with that. Yeah, they look down on them. Way. A lot of the, the deportees yeah. told me the biggest thing is they they they, they look down upon in the Cape Verdean community and Cape Verde. Literally, all now it's probably yeah. not as much like that now. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm sure it still is, but like not like it was in the beginning. Yeah, and it slowed down a lot too. I'm happy things got a lot better now. The the there is yeah. new laws in place where there's not that many deportees now, and now it's to the point. I don't know if you heard Danny, but I uh, Cape Verde has to accept you now from what i found out through a source oh for real but a new law had passed where literally cape Verde would have to accept if they even want you and if they could say should have been did that it makes kind of sense you know as far as like hey do we want him back in our country or not you know who says just deport him and we want him back obviously remember like you yeah, said yeah. back in the days they didn't want them so when they got there they oh, got they the, yeah. the harsh treatment so but now there is new laws in place where there's not that much deportations and basically so when the country says no you'll have to do your time pretty much and, and stay here just stay and, and, there, yeah right. just stay in the states and stuff so i had a friend he was facing yeah. deportation came right literally said no you know so he had to stay oh. here he did his time and he got out you know, so lucky for him, wow. but not so lucky for two of my brothers, actually, that got deported. One actually to Portugal right. and then one uh, to Cape Verde. That, and that's a sad story, too, uh, not to get off the topic of Cape Verde, but the brother that born in Portugal definitely doesn't know nobody in Portugal. But he was born in Portugal, probably what? Like your family was probably like in transit coming there to America, you go. I imagine. That, that type stuff. He doesn't know how to speak Portuguese. He don't know, know nobody there. Yeah. yeah. No one Crazy. at all. That's what a lot of people don't understand about Cape Verdeans. Like, mm-hmm. I'm lucky. I, I speak Portuguese too. Creole was my first language. But a lot of Cape Verdeans, unless you were educated there in Cape Verde, in school, like you stayed in school and went to Universidad and stuff, then you don't know. You don't speak Portuguese. You just speak yeah. Creole. That's it. Like, I know a lot of Cape Verdean people that do not speak Portuguese. So it's a very, like, going back to the identity of being a Cape Verdean. Yeah. Creole, which I want to say that we are the first Creole people. I want to yeah. make that clear. Amen. Come on, somebody. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the first Creole people. Everybody likes mm-hmm. to say, like, oh, I'm from New Orleans. I'm Creole. Well, let's take a step yeah. back here, like, 250 years later than us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Haitian, yeah. Haiti, too. Uh, you can take a step back. You're at least 150 years after us. Yeah. We are the original Creole people. 
Mm-hmm. Right, we can we can establish that yeah. Caribbean people are the yes. original mix of European and African. It did not exist before that. We are the originators. Wow. Amen. <laughs> I love the way you were there. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So speaking the colonizers' language, you have to be educated to be able to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying you have to go yeah. to school. I know so yeah. many Caribbean, even even in Caribbean, when I you know when I've been there, you see people that just stay in the villages and they don't they didn't go to school. They only speak Creole. Their mm. Portuguese is super broken, like mm. just like enough. Like they they have enough words that they, you know, the old people they can speak. The old yeah. people because they've been to dictator school. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were mm. under the the communism. You know what I'm saying? They like they they learned that that shit for real, for real. The old people, yeah. the young kids, you know, they they didn't they they don't know it. You know? Yeah, if you so, didn't get educated there, or like you said, old generation, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a crazy identity because like people hold on to like the whole like oh you know Cape K- K- Portugal and Portuguese and blah blah, blah and you're Portuguese and yeah. African. It's like ah, well, it kind of depends on who you're talking to too. Yeah, because you can meet yeah. a Cape Verdean person and be like, yeah, you're Portuguese too, and they'd be like, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like how Jamaicans with British, they were colonized by the mm. British. So Jamaicans that went to school and got high society and, and educated and stuff, yes, they have elements of British education. Mm-hmm. But if you just go to the rural parts of Jamaica, mm-hmm. they're Jamaican, man. They don't want to even hear anything thing. about British. That's a whole other thing. That's a huge thing in the in the Cape Verdean culture. In fact, there was uh, two videos on the Cape Verdean Beautiful People platform um, that were clashing. It was it was huge like three years ago. This lady, Sophia and Mar- Marissa on the other end. So Sophia felt, I'm Cape Verdean, I'm Black, I'm African. We have nothing to do mm-hmm. with Portuguese. I'm pro-Black all mm-hmm. the way. Look at my lips, look at my hair. You guys that claim in Portuguese, you guys are fake. Then you got this other girl saying, I'm not African. They were both on my team and they were going at it. And I yeah, allowed yeah. it. it was, to no, me, it was I, brilliant. I it was yeah. genius. I love it because I yeah. love it. We were going to bring the world together. We're going to address this once and for all. So my thing uh, is, this is where I stand. I've never told anybody where I stand. I let people fight about it. My thing is, I embrace all of it. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't deny my Portuguese well, side, but I don't deny my African side. I'm proud African. Mm-hmm. If the Portuguese, like, I'm not proud about the slave part. I'm not proud about, you know, how all that came about. You know, I, I don't tell people I'm Portuguese. You know, I, I embrace Africa. I tell people I'm Cape Verdean. I mean, I just like that. I just wish the whole world would just get to, you know, hey, I'm Cape Verdean. I'm proud to be Cape Verdean. Um, and kind of like period, you know. But in our culture, it's, it gets deeper than that. It's, hey, I'm proud to be Cape Verdean. But F you Portuguese. I want none to do it. And it's massive. Hey, and I get why. I totally understand why. But then again, it is a part of us, right? It's Portuguese Creole. Yeah. Well, they were colonizers. They were, they were colonizers, colonizers. Yeah. But, but I'm willing yeah. to bet. I'm willing to bet that even the darkest people of Cape Verde mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. Portuguese in them. We we almost like it has to because that's how Cape Verdeans came about. That's how we came about. It might be ten percent. Yeah. It might be fifteen, twenty percent, or whatever. Even if it's one percent, it's 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 still Portuguese. It's there, man. It's there. It's not going to be nobody in the Cape Verde. There's going to be nobody in the Cape Verde Islands unless you were a immigrant from. If you're a Manjak, if you're yeah. an immigrant from Senegal and you came to Cape Verde, mm-hmm. and then you just learned to speak Creole and mingled mm-hmm. into the family. That's the only way you have no Portuguese. You are mm-hmm. a Cape Verdean. You've been there for centuries or whatever. Your family's been there for whatever. Generations, generations. Doesn't matter how dark you are. You have Portuguese yeah. in you. Just, that's, that's a fact, man. 
Yeah, because I think when we fight it, that's the disconnect. That's when we're not uniting. When one person feels like, because we all have our opinions. I embraced both these ladies' opinions. I really did. I didn't Mm -hmm. think she was wrong. I didn't think she was wrong. Guess what I thought? It was her opinion Mm -hmm. versus her opinion. But guess what I also thought? What is the truth? The truth is that we're Cape Verdean. You know, I like to look yeah, at the, the, the big truth, you know, so you're entitled to feel how you feel and she's entitled to it. But I just want us to come together and just embrace it all. Embrace being K-Verdian. Yeah. Embrace the beautiful side of the, the mix. You know what I mean? And, and well, embrace well, there's be- a beautiful side and there's an ugly side of it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that yeah, that's, why people, that's why people don't want to have nothing to do with claiming the, the Portuguese side or anything or the European you side. Yeah, sure. But by by not claiming it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Exactly. It's like we're hiding from it. You know what I mean? Or we're not claiming it. You have to face it. You have to accept it and yeah. face it. And and, and, and you have yeah. yeah, you have to claim it for what it is. It's like that's there. Yeah. That's what it is. There's only so far you can go before you find somebody Portuguese in your family, in your bloodline. That's why my my video, the questions video, like when when somebody asks you what a Cape Verdean is, like, what do you say? How do you respond? Do you tell them about the Portuguese part? Do you not tell them about the Portuguese part? Do you, right. And then, right, and, then right. I, and, then, and then I even said it, like, this is how I explain it. I Cape Verde Islands, sent small islands out the west coast of Africa. We speak Portuguese Creole, colonized by the Portuguese, won our independence in 1975. See, it's the truth, you know, and just and it's one of my many thousands of ways that I've explained it before. <laughs> There's so many different ways to explain it. Yeah. It's a complicated thing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Cabo Verde doesn't do complicated. Exactly. No we do no stress. <laughs> that's why I say that's why I said the best thing to do, at least for me and how I've gotten through it all, is just and I am really do embrace it. And I even when I say I embrace it, I do, again there's the dark side of it. I don't embrace that side. I know it exists, but yeah. I, I don't yeah, yeah. I don't dis disclaim it. You know what I mean? I don't go around, I don't tell people uh, per se I'm I'm Portuguese unless we get it in, in deep conversation. I'll I'll tell them how that can come about. But for the most part, I just try to stick to the, the mixture, how it came about and how we became, you know, Cape Verdean. So do the But before we sign yeah. off, uh, let let the people know where they can find yeah, your exactly. stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, if so you wanna just for anyone that wants to look me up on social media on Facebook, you could search Cape Verdean Beautiful People on Instagram, it's at IMCVBP. Twitter at IMCVBP as well. Um, if anyone out there is listening and you want to make a difference in the world, um, you can, you know, by simply donating a dollar, five dollars, or whatever you find in your heart to donate, we will use your donation. We're very transparent. We show you exactly where your donation is going by doing live videos with our organization with CBBP. We'll shout you out. We'll let you know this is exactly where your five dollars is going towards or your ten dollars is going towards. You see the family that it's helping. We help so many families in Cape Verde and we plan to continue to keep doing the same thing and continue going back to Cape Verde. Um, I truly believe we could end the poverty of Cape Verde if we all unite. This doesn't have to be just Cape Verdeans. The people that are listening there in New York, especially, of course, if you come from an immigrant family, then you know the immigrant struggles. And I'm asking you, the people that are listening, that, you know, God puts it in your heart, man, that if you want to do a good deed or be a part of an organization that's doing great things in the world, then um, I'm doing my part. I sacrificed a lot and I'll continue to do that. But, you know, I'm asking everybody that's listening to do your part too to change the world, to make this world a better place. And you could do that by simply donating five or $10 or whatever 
uh, you have to donate. The three best ways to donate is the first one is the GoFundMe, which if you go to GoFundMe, you'll type in Let's Unite to End the Poverty in Cape Verde. The second way to donate is Cash App, which is the most popular way to donate. And our Cash App is the money sign. I-M-C-V-B-P-7-7. And then the third way to donate is right through Western Union directly in Houston, Texas, and your Western Union to Patrick Rodriguez. If anyone has any questions that is listening to this, like, man, I want to get involved, give me a call, 774-946-8770. I'll love to talk to anybody out there that's serious about changing the world or just making a contribution. Danny and Billy, this has been a wonderful show. Love the enthusiasm, love the energy, love the questions. Um, I had a great experience with this. I can officially say I'm a product of the of the Tiger Pit now. Uh, I'm a, yes, I'm a family member. <laughs> yes, you are. You know, I'm a family member. Yes, you are. And I'm going no, to get love my Tiger tattoo right here. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, check no, me out. I love this, man. I'm, 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 su- I'm super psyched that you did this tonight, man. Yeah. I'm really happy we can Absolutely. make this happen. And uh, I hope that our listeners feel compelled to donate and help because, like, K-Vert is very dear to my heart, man. Yeah. Put some clothes on some kids' backs, some school supplies in their hands, some shoes on their feet, yeah. fix their houses, just help people live better, yeah. way better than, you know, way better than they could be living because shit is hard there. And I I'm, I really appreciate you doing you. the work you're doing, man. And um, I hope we can do some more of that together. Yes, sir, man. And and I know we're wrapping up, but there's literally kids in Cape Verde that are going to go to sleep hungry tonight. I've seen that with my own eyes. Not yeah. one or two, but literally thousands of children. And look, there's not there's not a lot of jobs in Cape Verde. It's not like America. No, look, they don't have the unemployment no. or staffing agencies. No industry. Or, exactly. There's no industry. I love you know the way you worded that because it, it really that's what it is. Um, so they don't have like a child support system for the single moms and stuff like that. There's no welfare system or anything like that. So I feel like, you know, it's us, the people that are listening, right? We can unite. We can make a difference, you know, and how we do that. Yeah. $5 could put a lot of food on somebody's table, just five bucks, you know? So um, it, it's things like that that motivate me to do something um, to Cape Verde, knowing that we could just do something small here, but it's big over there. So um, man, yeah, thank man. you, thank you, thank you, Danny. I can't wait for us uh, to do this all over again. This has been amazing. Yeah, what a great opportunity this is. Thank you, guys. I appreciate 100%. One love, man. Thanks for joining us, man. It was great having you on. Absolutely. All right, brother. Head up to the Tiger Pit. Peace. All right. Big, big, big thanks to Patrick Rodriguez for joining us on this episode. Once again, we are sorry for the big lapse in episodes, but this COVID thing kind of put the damper on having people in the studio to do it. So hang tight. We got more episodes in the works. Take it easy.